Roll dice, be nice, and stay tuned. This is the Live to Die podcast. So I've been working on a book that's been on my to-read list for ages, and a couple of my friends have rightfully given me a little bit of flack for having not read it yet. The Bible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Trent. Ah. The Bible. Uh, no, I got of nothing. Of Pathfinder? That's just the core rule book, but I yeah. have read that. No, so I finally started reading uh, Wizard of Earthsea, and I'm really enjoying it. And there was a part I read the other night, I'm still pretty early on in it, in which they're talking about like the magic to change things is the most powerful, but it's the most difficult to learn because you have to think about the effect for anything you change. Like if you're exercising the power to change something to something else, it's going to have a rippling cause and effect around the world. And there's a great line in the book that says, light a candle is to cast a shadow. Like any action you take, you will have to be responsible for the reactions. And it made me think from your character's points of view, what do you think they see as their justification for doing what they do? Like at this point, you're a high level character. You do, I mean, it's an adventuring game. You're probably going to kill people. But like you're involved in some really high level stuff. You're using magic. You're, you're, you're messing with organizations that are a part of the governing tapestry of a, of a whole country. Now, you know, wrongly so based on your aspirations. And there's some other, like there's lots of fiction that sort of talk about this. And if you want to sort of move outside of fantasy, there's a lot of like sci-fi that gets into like trans or post-humanism of talking about when you have powers or abilities that are different from normal people, does that change the moral load on you? Like I remember there's an old comic I read called, uh, I can't remember what it's called now, but it sort of talks about like a superhero decides to kill the president because they feel like they're lying to the country, but they feel like because they have the power to be aware of it, that they should do something or not. So like an inherent responsibility kind of, but that's always based on some sort of ethical model that Mm -hmm. says you are vested with the authority or the insight or the clarity to make that decision. And so I'm curious how you see your characters, like how you see your characters. Why do you think they feel like they should, could, or are allowed to be doing what they're doing in the world? I'm like mad at myself for bringing this up, but (laughs) You saying that because you've been doing so much Nicolas Cage lately, all that came into my head is him and National Treasure being like, it means those who have the ability have the responsibility. <laughs> so with great power comes great responsibility. Do you think yeah. Val believes that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that Val is, well, she's an evil character and she uh, came into it with the, I'm doing this because I'm just, you know, protecting myself kind of thing. Um, but I think that now she's maybe getting more jumpy because she doesn't really know why she's doing it. Like, I think she feels some sort of drive to combat this thing that they've seen, but I don't know that she necessarily like knows why. And I think that makes her uncomfortable. Okay. So you're in kind of an odd space where you're not sure why your character. Yeah, I think does. it's maybe kind of like in the, you know, so probably a story for Val that happens before this adventure and, you know, probably mm-hmm. after, um, she's kind of within like an arc and a, a journey that is we're kind of like maybe just in the middle of right now of like I to me, I see this character's story being like a lot beyond this particular adventure, but that mm-hmm. this is maybe almost kind of like even though she's older and stuff like that, like actually more of an origin story for Val. Hmm. OK. Anyone else? What do you think is that you're just your character's justification for why they get to do this or why they are? Well, I can give Watson's motivation. His singular motivation is healing people. Okay. And he really does not, you know, care about the surrounding circumstances. He doesn't care if they're on nation A, nation B, if their motivations are good or evil. His guiding principle is that he will nurse them back to health because all of that other stuff is sort of beyond him. Um, He, you know, in his long life, he at the beginning he really hated humanity and in the larger sense not humans but you know uh living creatures society yeah <laughs> um because he thought that it, it it existed to tear things down and then as he got older he saw that even if that was the case 
he can counteract it by building them back up. Hmm. So his motivation solely and singularly is, uh, is keeping things alive. Okay. So you're just, you're doing this because you believe it will reduce harm to people. I think he sees the four people in front of him that he's been combined with, and he wants to keep these three people oh, okay. alive. It's a really, really narrow for him. Yeah. What's really right in front of him. I also kind of want to know, are we ever going to discover more about the entity that Watson has some sort of relationship with? You'll just have to keep listening and find out. Wow. <laughs> Jason, Jared, any thoughts for you on kind of why you your characters? Drosharis? I don't want to give a lot away here. Okay. Because I have some plans like as we progress. Sure. Drosharis is a weapon that was pointed in a direction for like a lot of his life. Mm-hmm. And Drosharis is now on a point where in this adventure that maybe that work is not so uh, hunky-dory anymore. Uh-huh. And like as this goes on, starting to figure out who he can trust, who he can't trust. This is not... Drosharis doesn't normally work with four people, right? Like at most he's worked with Fox. So Drosharis isn't quite sure why he's here anymore, but he knows that he's here with this group of people. And I, there was that conversation we all had that was like, we, we all have different reasons for being here, but we all have the same direction. So let's go that way. That's kind of what Drosharis' motivation is now that I will mm-hmm. discuss out loud. Uh, I think Fox is... I haven't gotten to a ton of his backstory stuff or mm-hmm. uh, current feelings about things, but he, I think he's a little jaded. Like he's, he's lived this life as like a, you know, some sort of heroic position, mm-hmm. uh, but he's seen a lot and I think it's jaded him a lot. And yeah, the more the, that he helped people, the more he felt maybe it was kind of a waste of time. Because it just was the cyclical thing that kept happening. No matter how many people you help, that many people end up needing help again. Oh. Um, so I think when Fox came into this, it was very much like, this is what I do. I'm still part of this organization uh, and I'm good at it. And I think, I think his word does mean something to him and his duty means something to him. But I think he's kind of in a, he hasn't always been in a good place throughout this whole thing. Okay. I think it's really interesting to hear everybody's responses because maybe with the exception of Watson, everybody has a pretty negative outlook on what their character is like feeling and thinking. Cause I was also, as we were talking about it, just thinking like, I also think Val is motivated by hate. Like she hated the great gardeners Mm -hmm. and she hates what they're doing. And so it's like, that is maybe sort of a driving force for her also. Um, But I think it's really interesting because we've talked before about how this adventure is written to kind of emulate the Gothic horror genre. And all of our characters have kind of taken this path that I think is really indicative of that genre also of like, there's like a bleakness mm-hmm. and kind of like a disillusionment that people have and maybe seeing also like darker sides of humanity. Like you think yeah. like, Oh, maybe there's like a bigger thing at play here, but really it's just that like people suck and are willing to do sucky things. And so um, I think it's kind of interesting to see I, we're all such tortured heroes. <laughs> I, I mean, I think like as you, especially in a game like this, right. Where you, level and you're like considered some of the more powerful individuals in the the world or whatever you know mm-hmm. um like there's a weight to it mm-hmm. you know what i mean there was but there's a huge responsibility to it too and it's generally pretty terrible stuff i also think it's, it's interesting because you you do have some of that bleakness and it was interesting to hear you all sort of bring the characters really like almost experiences forward into the philosophy of why do they get to say how the world should look. And of course there's always sort of the conversation of that, you know, those who have power will create an ideology which supports the their use of power. But this is, you know, a fun role-playing game. And I think one of the things that it'll be interesting to see, and I feel like you're kind of in the midst of it now, this this third and final act, while there is a lot of that bleakness and tortured heroes and like pose work, rarely does a pose story end with a big badass boss fight. Mm-hmm. which is like definitely what we're building to in a Pathfinder adventure. So I think it's kind of cool and to see that transition. And hopefully we're all on board with that, that like we're playing an adventure game. So the goal here is to, to build to what we hope will be a victory. And I think that's you, I really liked how you talked about it, Jane, that like you're, you're sort of in an arc of transformation for your character. And it's kind of fun for us to get to see, at least for me to see these high level characters who maybe have become 
disillusioned or who are starting to sort of gain a consciousness for their actions of life. And that maybe this adventure is that opportunity to make an actual difference. And it, it can be depressing in real life to think about that cyclical nature, but it maybe in this game, these characters can make a world changing difference. Well, and I think that's a little bit what I was trying to get at with like Val's like point that she's at right now is that she came into this disillusioned. She came in being like, she's been an assassin since she was a child basically. And like mm -hmm. seeing this terrible side of the world. And then I think now, and it's again, the cool thing about playing at such a high level is that it kind of makes more narrative sense that gods care about what you're doing. Or like there right. are these really high stakes because like now we are kind of at a level that warrants that. And so I think it's really cool because at least for Val, I see it as kind of like, maybe not right now at this point in the story, but she is on this path to like rediscovering a purpose that is actually tied into like, and I think to the question of like, why do you get to decide what the world should look like or that this force should be stopped? It's like Val has been given a directive by higher powers at this point. Mm. Well, speaking of, of being on a path, when we last recorded, uh, nice. Val and thank you, Val and Fox were on a path down into the citadel of the oh, Great yeah. Gardeners. Whose face is it? Ugh. Wait, can we all guess really quick who we think it is? Well, you know, it's been a week for our listeners. Do you mind if I just uh, reread that intro sentence for the room? They Go can ahead. just re-listen. I'm kidding. <laughs> Go back, you worthless pieces of shit. Don't be so lazy. God. So you work your way down the steps and deeper and deeper until you kind of have any of like, oh yeah, this is probably about the depth we were at going down the uh, the north staircase, but this time you're now here on the south staircase. As you worked your way down, you came to a really small, like 10 foot by 10 foot room with a single empty chair, as if a guard should be sitting in it. A wooden shield on the wall, bearing a bloodstained mask and some blocky writing. The writing above the mask and shield read, your mask is your shield, and below it, exposure means elimination. And what I told you is that when you got closer last time, you realized it was not a mask but instead a flayed and preserved face that looked familiar to you. Uh, Did you okay. put this in here on purpose? This face off? <laughs> <laughs> you know I didn't, okay. but I really should have. Wow, well, you've been... John, 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 John. <laughs> you know what, Jason? Uh, nice. Nice. <laughs> I love that hero patches are supposed to be given for like good story moments, but James just gives them out to like best pun. <laughs> I, I you make more puns, Jane. They're yeah, just seriously. moments of celebration of enjoying playing a game together. So um, who do you think it is, Jane? I think it's the handsome coward that we encountered uh, very early on in this adventure. He sold us out. I think that he actually was a great gardener and that we got bamboozled into thinking he was a victim, but that, uh, yeah, he got his face chopped off. I honestly have no idea. I, I really just hope that it's not the like gnome of the, from the map place. Yeah, that would make me very sad. Me too. I also oh, the hope one it's we not freed. Yeah, I hope it's not the magistrate who was, because that would mean that he was like shady from the get go. Yeah, I uh, think it's one of the hosts. So real quick, I could the, be one of the hosts. Wait, 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 Jared, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I I thought maybe it could be. Camilla. <gasps> oh my god, if we got sent on this... Oh, wait. If she is a great gardener, then she's trying to kill us because yeah, she sent right. us to this party. Yeah. <gasps> Good, her face is on the wall then. <laughs> <laughs> Gasp. Wow. I just, I don't think that maybe they would send that message or they would have had time to send that message, so... It's Bill the Conqueror. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. Bill. <laughs> So it's, Ray, I, it's Ray from Frost. Yeah. Oh, I would be sad if it was <laughs> Ray from Frost. Yeah, it's Ray from Frost, Montana. <laughs> or if it was Polar Ray, you. both Rays. Polar Rays. We're worried about them. Any Rays on the wall. You'd be nice to Ray. <laughs> so I was looking up some names. The the Gnomish cartographer Barnaby? was Tristel Liendi. Yeah, Tristel. Oh, yeah, Tristel. Uh, the magistrate was Ortfald Garmino. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm trying to find the name of the handsome stranger because while you do that, I would time. just like to oh. revisit that my personal favorite moment of the entire podcast is when we're letting Tristel Andy go, and she's like, 
when will I know to come back? And Trent's like, in three years. And Jason's like, when the horns of freedom sound. <laughs> I fucking forgot about that. Jesus. Uh, good that times. one gets me every time. That was a good line. That was a preview too, right? Yeah, yeah it was one of our previews. previews. Yeah, it was, it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, and so was the uh, the handsome stranger. It was a whole fucking yeah. thing. I believe you said he was, said he was hot. <laughs> you and Trent really, uh, really hit that. Well, I can't find the handsome stranger's name, but it was a banker. Well, that's so that's him. Watson's John other motivation Stamos. is he's motivated by which NPCs are hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's John Stamos. My, my sexuality is my own interest. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's dragons. That's why I'm here. I fuck dragons. <laughs> There's the you clip fuck. for this week's episode. Well, welcome to our monster fucking podcast. Our okay, fifth podcast. The suspense is killing me. Can we learn who this is? It's the face of a female elf. Female elf? The traitorous Grey Gardener who gave uh, you an invitation uh, to the party. Oh. Zentaya. Zendaya! Zendaya. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You see, Damn. it looks like they did in fact catch her. Wow. Play her face from her body, preserve it, and tack it to the shield. Um, that was actually very obvious. I don't know why we didn't yeah. guess that. <laughs> totally. Oh, oh my. I'm less sad, though. I will say your That's Odd will also pick up for you, Val, that there's a bit of a blood stain on this chair where a guard should be. Ah. Um, Probably nothing. Do uh, do we want to take the shield and use it? Well, you guys aren't That's here. On my side. A fair like a way to scare the shit out of people. Like <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of fucking side. dark. <laughs> you and I are like, do you remember that time <laughs> back when uh, in the Battle of fourteen twelve? Right? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Horrible death. Horrible death. But they just managed to eke out a victory. I mean, that was Im- incredible. Incredible reading. So is, many is, people must have died that day. Is the joke here that Watson's 3,000 years old or that old people are into hit war history? Absolutely. Second one. Second. <laughs> yeah. Warfare lore over here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right. The Battle of 3217. Oh, of course, yes. Bloodbath. <laughs> Awful. Lots, a lot of good people that day. But you know what came out of that was the use of airplanes <laughs> <laughs> to bomb ahead of the ground forces. I mean, genius. Utter genius. I believe it started as well, alchemists just dropping stuff out y- of the... Y- yes, straight out of the flying machines. Magic. <laughs> I love the idea that all old men in Pathfinder have either lore brewing or lore warfare lore. And it's just one of the two. Yep. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. He's, he's, he's a brewing lore guy. I'm a warfare lore it's guy. It's the only two choices. Yeah. Also, in retrospect, it was like a terrible plan to leave the two old men together. Yeah, that was probably an oversight. <laughs> Have you heard the stories of Bill the Conqueror? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, Billiam. Bill, Billiam. Bill of Purple. I met yes. Bill the Conqueror back in 1303. Yeah. Oh, yes, he was an Andorran, wasn't he? <laughs> I believe he was. Yes, he was Andorran. You son yeah, of a bitch, yes. Bill the Conqueror is my second cousin. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, back to Fox. Oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Val will just look at Fox and be like, huh, looks like the gardener's caught up to our friend over here. Yeah, unfortunate for her. Yeah. Anyway, uh, bloodstained on the chair where there seems to have been a guard at one point. Uh, probably nothing. Should we go ahead? Probably uh, our friend came through and took care of that. Oh, right. Yeah, he's useful, Jane. He's actually <laughs> a helpful ally. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> So you have another door to the east in this room, which if your estimations are correct, you feel like Watson and Drosharis are probably to the east. You're not sure how far to the east, but the one lone door seems to lead the direction you think that they would be. Can I listen at the door? Sure. So you listen at the door and you don't hear anything. Can I wait, ask? Wait, wait, sorry. Ah. Ooh. It's a secret check. Now you don't. Can I ask <laughs> at, at this point, sure. knowing that the you know assault is imminent, from whence uh, maybe a five foot square within thirty feet of Watson would mm-hmm. the magic be emanating from? Um. So you're in the room. There's a door, and you feel like it's about twenty feet south of you. Okay. And about thirty-ish feet west. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I laughed because 
through the fog of war, there's a square in that exact area, but we don't know that that exists. So, yeah. so Watson's like, oh, it's <laughs> over. Cut that, cut that mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's over to our right somewhere, Trochars. Mm, mm. Yes. I was almost like, no, you're left, but that's table left, not yeah. character left. Way to be in character, Trent. So, Do you remember the great battle of... Jesus Christ. Uh, so Fox and Val. Uh-huh. We, we don't hear anything. Yep. Um, well, continue on. Are you being stealthy? Are we at no. that, that door or the yeah. next door? This door. Correct. Okay. You're, you're over the, there. The westmost yeah. on the map. So you've yeah. come down, and both of you are high enough in stealth that you're just both automatically sneaking, I think, if yeah, I remember yeah. correctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you open the door. And this is sort of the mirrored room, if you will, if you're, if you're thinking about symmetrical basements. This is sort of the mirrored room to the armory where you found all the magical weapons uh, a few episodes ago. So you open this door and you find a stone room. The south wall features a slate board with cramped writing and a large stylized picture of an angry ghost. It's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. <laughs> I just pictured like Boo from Mario. <laughs> oh yeah. Angry ghost. That is an angry ghost. Like- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that one got me. That's it? That's all we saw? Uh, And then there's also uh, double doors leading to the east on the other side of the room. Val sticks her tongue out at the picture of the angry ghost. (laughs) Touch it. She Uh, disintegrates immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. You just walk through the room. Do you want to check the doors? Do you have a picture Uh, of the angry ghost? Can we see the angry ghost? Is it Boo from Mario? Do you want to examine the drawing more closely? Uh, I would like to... Not without your friends, not without your friends, not without your friends. You know what? You're not here. Uh, I would just like to do that's odd in here now that we're in the new place and see if I can notice one non-obvious thing. Sure. So obviously drawing of a ghost is odd, but I think what's less obvious is all the writing around it. You realize that this is essentially a briefing room and what's up there. And this is why I found it particularly funny for the large angry ghost is it seems to be a depiction of what they suspect would happen when the gray death was released from the guillotine. Uh, Excellent. This is exactly what I was hoping. That's a motivational poster. That they're like, somebody with chalk was just like, okay, uh, how do I explain this to you guys? Big angry ghost. (laughs) What we're releasing. And they're like, I'm sorry, does it have hands? Yeah. And I love the idea that now retrospectively that giant fucking two hour episode that we released is just boo. Yeah. Just bring the <laughs> shit out of all of us. Yeah. King Boo. Don't and come at us. To, don't so come at us Val's going to be quiet for a second and just be like, oh my fucking God, it's the Grey Death. Yeah. Yeah. They're so stupid. Well, do you think they are dead or? So stupid, it's genius. But perhaps they've been uh, waylaid by some sort of drawing on a wall. <laughs> Let's give them 10 more minutes. Okay. Okay, so we, we <laughs> proceed on. So there's double doors to the east. Can we listen? Sure. You listen. Yeah. Can you not roll like crap? No. <laughs> not until it's combat. Then I roll fucking aces. Yeah, that's true. You don't hear anything. Just the beating of your own heart. And remember, I've kind of noted this each episode. I want to keep reminding you that like all these rooms are lit by torches, but something about the shadows seems to move wrong. It's just unsettling. It's uncomfortable. I actually noticed that in one of the like recently published episodes when we first came down here and I was like, fuck, we never followed up on that situation. Could be anything. Shadows. Uh, is there anything we can do about that? Like, can we roll a knowledge on that or something? You can try. Do you want to roll like a knowledge occult? What's your occult? I want to do occult. Uh, an occult? You're, you're not here. Did you I'm, say occult or knowledge of occult? We should really focus on these shadows, don't you think, Watson? <laughs> 27. Where am I? Okay. Um, <laughs> you suspect that you do remember, we've talked about how like when you go, you felt it when you went up and came back down, that the, the deeper you go in the Citadel, the more you feel this just pressure on your mind. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so maybe it's linked to that, but you also don't know. Like there's weird shit. You know that... Um, Nelibit was down here hunting sack hills, like fear demons. Uh-huh. So it could be related to that. It's spooky as shit. So maybe it's about fear. It could be many things is the problem. It's sort of like when a computer freezes and you're like, I don't fucking know. It could be the internet, the computer, a piece of software you're running. It's 
maybe one of those or something else. Someone was mentioning that in like a different game, a different Pathfinder game, there's like some sort of object or spell that allows you to like walk through fire and then appear in fire in a different location. And what? Fucking nerd. Well, someone said it. <laughs> in this game? <laughs> It's uh, in Pathfinder. It was like one of their other games. Yeah, it's something that takes place in another game. That okay. We're actively yeah, there's playing. a. It's I forget whose character. It's, it's like a, a spell ring. or a, it's a ring of fire jumping. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah. But anyway, now I'm kind of concerned cool. that like that's what is going on here. That these are somehow like, uh, you know, portals, and somebody's going to come popping out at any second. Possibly. <clears throat> okay. I like to build characters. We mentioned that before, and I built this psychic shadow character. And as we've been down here, I I get a lot of those vibes from the things that have happened to us, that there is some shadowy psychic individual down here. Um, I would also like to put forward the theory that the crypts that we're in at the moment are at some point we're going to realize the structure itself is a being of some kind, like a monster or I don't know. Creepy. So double doors to the east. You don't hear anything through them. James is like, you guys are bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) It's like everyone's stalling. Yeah, let's just stealth in. All right, go ahead, move your figures up there. You move up to the doors. You open them up, and you once again see a wide and long room, similarly proportioned to the room you were in uh, at the bottom of the other staircase that had the worm impression in it. This room as well has eight what you now know to be crypt doors, four to the north and four to the south, each made of a rusted metal with bare gaps where a plaque or plate was removed more recently. You think those same nameplates. You see additional doors, two doors on the east side of the room, but the most noteworthy feature is that in the center of the room a large table stands, covered in maps and other documents. You do see a small writing desk just to the south of the double doors you came through that holds several instruments and old rags. Several writing instruments and like old rags. Um, everyone's making creeped out faces because no you people. just said rags. 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 Uh, can I sense the unseen, please? Uh, it is a fucking <laughs> ability of yours. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'll say is. As soon as you walk into the room, you swear you saw one of the rags on the desk twitch. Yeah. Val shoots the rag. Let's roll for initiative. <laughs> oh, snap. You well, there's what? your signal. <laughs> the gunshot. <laughs> exactly. A crack. Cool. I believe they are here. Just walk in the door, see the rag, and like, ah, bah. So, Beautiful. yeah, you can roll stealth tag, or per- actually roll perception because you notice the cloth. Jane. Okay. Can uh, I roll stealth? You can roll stealth, Fox. Um, Watson and Drosharis are definitely perception because you are... But, but both of you give yourself a plus one because you're waiting, listening for an audible signal. Uh, and I imagine Val saying, Ah! Blah! It's probably that signal. What'd you get, bro? Yeah, what do you got, Fox? 50. Holy fuck. Damn. Nice. It's a nat 20. Hell yeah. Watch. Cool. You'll go third. James Did we ever say if we were using you... critical initiative? Have we ever talked about that? I don't think that? so. One of the uh, Pathfinder creators uh, was like, one of the different writers for that. Talked about a optional rule that he kind of came up with, which was if you roll a nat twenty on initiative, you gain an extra action on your first turn. Oh. We've done that in one of your other games yeah. before, yeah. And if you roll a natural one on initiative, you start with one fewer actions on your first I turn. I like that. I'll what, do it. You want to pick it up? House rule, critical initiative? I'll vote, yeah. Sure. I mean, I yeah, yeah. 20, Well, so. it doesn't matter, Jane. We voted. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, weren't even listening. Oh, you were doing math. I thought you were on your phone. Yeah, actually, I was I'm looking at a dress you. I'm maybe going to buy, but... Um. What the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've got critical initiative from Fox. Who else has their initiative ready to rock and or roll? I do. I do. What do you got, Trent? I have a 47. Nice. Is wow. that a critical initiative? Uh, I don't know. Is it? Natural one or natural No, 20. no. It's an 18 on the die. That's what I'll say, though. Is if, if we're playing with critical initiative, you have to own up when you roll a natural one on initiative. Um, I have a 38. Okay. And, Drew, what do you got? 34. Wow. That's Whoa. pretty low. It's because you natural were talking three. about all that fucking... Yeah. Or past. 
You're like reminiscing. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. I got caught uh, up in that. Natural, <laughs> oh, shit. natural six? Five. Ooh. We're going to add some bonuses I just for <laughs> Battlefield Purveyor and all that stuff, but it uh, didn't Did you really get your plus one? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I just imagine Dro like sitting on a crate with his cane like up by his chin, like, ah, oh, yes. I imagine it's like the giant sword, but he's like mm-hmm, resting mm-hmm. on it, chatting with Watson. You hear the gunshot and just think it's part of your memories. <laughs> oh, God. Do you remember the first time you heard a gunshot? And Watson's just like, I'm in the room. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I've got all the initiative set up. So I think here's what's going to happen. So, Val, I think you speak out before you can even act, alerting Fox that something is off. Thrag! Ah! And and in doing so, Fox, you will get to act first. So you can spend an action to seek and see what the fuck. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to have to do that. Actually, so I remember, yeah, because it's... Because it looks like rag. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact way it works. Stealth as initiative versus perception is one of those things that like I always learn and then quickly forget. But I think it's well, you'll be acting first. Your awareness of it is your DC against, or is it your role? I think it's your role against their DC or something. I don't fucking know. Um, but something's hidden. You know, there's, there's a weird rag, John, going yeah, let's, on over let's there. Let's seek. All right. So you know you know where to seek. So you you can pick the appropriate shape because okay. Val has indicated that for you. Go ahead and roll. I'll let you roll yourself a perception check. You know, usually that's secret, but you know what? Fuck it. We're in combat. You broadly know something's going on. You got this, Fox. Roll that perception. Shit for me. I always lose perception on here. It's just look for your top. initiative, if nothing else. Top the middle. All right. All right. What do you uh, got? Thirty-five. Ooh. Okay. Um, that's, uh, you just looks like a rag. You don't see anything on the desk that stands out to you. All these extra actions are going to really help. <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah, you do have an extra action. You're so quick. <gasps> that rag, it's, it's, it's a rag. All right. So you have three actions left because you critical initiative. Hmm. Okay. And she's going to go, the rag, the rag. The rag, you know, the rag. Uh, all right. Fox is going to move into the room. Uh, to the south and east a little bit. Kind of squaring off, looking at the desk where the rags yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Do you want to stay in range melee of them? Like, with, um, do you want to keep in polearm range up at the desk? No, that's that's like ten feet back is good. Okay, so just a little outside of your reach. And then, can I seek again? Fuck yeah! That's why I love recall knowledge and seeking being actions in second edition is that it's it's an action economy thing in combat. And like hypothetically, if you roll a one, you get false information. So maybe I should make this next one secret, but whatever. Go ahead and roll it. And if it's a one and I give you false information, just role play like a boss. Okay, 37. Oh, okay. Something on the desk looks off. You can't quite place it in this like moment of heart pumping adrenaline. Okay. You're looking at it. You, you trust Val at this point pretty implicitly. If nothing else, Val's extremely good at shooting first and asking questions later. And mm-hmm. Val says something's off about that desk. You've squared off, you trust her, but you, you don't know what it is. You're aware to aim your attack. Um, I'm going to pull up my hood and go invisible. Oh, fuck yes. Yeah. So, so, and Val's just like, what? <laughs> I say, you were gone. Bye. Bye. Watson, you act now as you hear something going through that door. Excellent. Um, Watson will throw open the door and go, hello. And uh, go 510 into the doorway. Um, so like going south into the room. Uh, yeah, I'm along the north wall. Oh, um, so you, you come out, go right and hug the wall of the uh, room. One more. Yes. So t- basically 20 feet as far as he could move there. Sure. Uh, and he wants to look at where this magic item he believes is. Okay, you look at... Uh, give me a perception check. Just to turn to do this quickly. I'll let it be open as well. You're looking on the desk on this like large table in the center of the room with the maps and documents. That is a 41. Okay, you quickly look and you spot... Oh, what the hell is this? It's... You see what looks like a maybe a magic scroll on okay. the table. Okay. And the area, the five foot space that your detect magic indicated a level 20 necromancy item is. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, so that's one action to open the door, one action to move, one action to seek. That's your turn. Fair enough. All right. 
all of a sudden, you're looking at the desk pretty closely, Fox, so are you, Val. You see one of the rags kind of twitch, and you realize that, oh, that rag looks fleshy. Ugh. And you what? realize that it looks almost like someone's face, but with little mandible legs underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> and it twitches for a second and begins to flap its own body and skin and begins to almost lift up off the desk and then foomp, it dis-a-fucking Oh, it's those freaking masks that yeah. we fought earlier. Yeah. It's a MODOK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, machine... I don't remember I, what MODOK stands for anymore. It's, uh, it's has to do with machine is, only Google designed it. for like machine, like machine only designed or man only designed for killing or something. I don't know. It's a Marvel thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So appears, kind of moves, twitches, and then just whoomp. Didn't Val figure out that these were sack hills? Yes. earlier? Because we encountered that one in the mill. Yeah. Uh, it's you know what? I think I even have some art. We can do a little bit of... Oh, no, I did remember not liking this. Uh, Who wants to describe what this, <laughs> this sack hill looks like? Well, we have a drop for that, I believe. Yeah, we oh, do. God. And we're going to need the whole time. Uh, kind of like a tumor. It's so bad. Shaped like Santa's hat. It's also like a scorpion. Like a Hershey's kiss. Oh, oh yeah, I can no. see that. Yeah. After it's been digested, maybe. You want and to like yeah. melted a little crab bit. Crab legs? Does someone yeah. want to start from the top? You're describing a lot of attributes. But yeah, I'm starting from the top. This thing's body, it does have like a Santa's hat shape to it. True. Yeah. On its side, but on the. <laughs> is that the back of it? <laughs> There's like holes and tumors in it. Yeah, if you have trypophobia, it's, this is not a good yeah, monster for you. It's, it's definitely bulbous. Imagine a living yeah. mask. Reddish like brown. At the bottom of the mask were little yeah. spider legs. There's yeah. a little hole where the eyeballs go, I'm sure. Uh-huh. And little nose holes. Some breathe holes. And, and some legs. Very, very scary, pokey spider crab legs. Sort of a fleshy mask. Who mm. wants to take a crack at pronouncing this Stop thing's name? Stop saying fleshy. Janie, you uh, want to go for it? No, I don't. Pass it down to Trent. Uh-oh. Uh, Hurry up and read its stats. Chackanage. Chackanage is what I would say. Yeah, that's what we're going to call it. All right. Chackanage. Yeah. yeah. That was Naturally. perfect timing ah! on the drop. Yeah, I knew we were going to need the whole time. Uh, thank you, Sherman. Yes. Shout out to Sherman. Yeah. Sure. What's up, Sherman? Sherman, make yourself a Sherman shout out. Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> Our next drop is just, what's up, Sherman? <laughs> So, you see that sort of flutter, thump, oh, damn it, disappear. Was it the same one that disappeared from us before? Could be. Oh. And then it returns, <laughs> pops right back into visibility. Uh, and with one action left, I think it's going in the same to... place. Yeah, did it move? No, it thump. And uh, I think with its final action, it is going to fly up about 10 feet up into the room. So it's, it, you, you could, yeah, it's 10 feet up. Uh, I'm going to check the heights of the room really quickly. If it's higher, it might fly higher. Should have um, stayed within reach. Could have stabbed it. All right. <laughs> you know, uh, you do the best that you can yeah. with the rules. I'm, Sorry, did you say that it did come back in the same spot? Now it's just yeah. going up? Yep. Okay. Went got someone. It told somebody, like, they're here. Yeah. It's wild that you say that, Jason, because it's now something else's turn. Um, The ceilings are 12 feet high through most of the monastery crypts, so it will be in a space that is adjacent from from anyone who's on the ground. You'll just be attacking up and at an angle. You will not need to reach to reach it, but it is just getting up. A second creature's turn. A second one of these fleshy spider masks pops into existence above the desk. Now there are two of these, I think they're technically teeny creatures. Yeah. Floating right above <laughs> the uh, desk. It is tiny. He I just says like saying teeny, teeny all the time. <laughs> it's just something I like. So they're hovering right above the desk to the south of the door where Val and Drosharis came in. Um, pop, pop. The second one pops in with one action. It has two actions left, so I think it's going to try to throw a spell over at uh, at one of our friends here. Ah, man, you got to love when creatures can do shit like this. So even though you're invisible, I need you to roll a will save for me, Fox, Ooh. as it casts a spell and you feel shaken deep down 
in your bones. Give me a will save. Um, it is a fear-related <laughs> ability, good if one. that affects anything. I missed your joke. What was it? Was it good? But not stirred. Oh, God damn it! Yeah, that <laughs> was pretty good. <laughs> Can I do something? Possi- possibly. Uh, the trigger is a spell targets you or includes you in its area. This is a spell targeting you. Okay, I have uh, the anti-magic room on my armor. Okay. Nice. I mm. want to trigger that. And trigger it for this? To counteract the targeting, <laughs> the triggering spell. Okay. Now you make a counteract check. Yeah, with the plus 26 modifier. Okay. The DC for this, I've got it. Go ahead and roll. What's your uh, result? 36. That is going to be enough to counter this fear spell. Nice. So some part of it starts to like mentally creep into your mind to bring out all sorts of the fears that you have had in your life. And the, this rune flares on your armor. It seems to cut through the magical runes and sorceries reaching out from this creature. That's its turn. Valentine, it's finally your turn. There are these two little masks that are using, imagine like the, the shape of a mask, the edges of the mask shape themselves is like little wings. Almost imagine f- bats in a way, in the way they're flapping themselves to stay aloft. Ew. Um, yeah, horror rocks. Okay, so Val, I don't actually know which of these things would happen first. She's intending to bullet split, targeting both of them. Okay. Um, but she wants to roll a stratagem on it. Sure, so the first thing you'll need, if you want to design stratagem, stratagem first. Yes, and so... There's two of the masks. There's the one closer to you that has the unpainted miniature and the one farther away from you that has the okay. painted miniature. Closer to me, stratagem. Okay, so an action on that. Uh-huh. Um, you do get a free recall knowledge on this, which I will roll for you. What's your religion bonus? Ooh, uh, plus 25. Okay, uh, that's going to be really high. What would you like to... What are you interested in knowing about these things? Um. Come on, you got this. Yeah. Can they dimension all out all the time? Okay. So, Can they do that unlimitedly? So, yeah. So, you did really well. So, what I'll say is you get some specific information. They can, as a single action, use an ability called... There's a rule for that. <laughs> <laughs> a rule for that. <laughs> you can, as a single... They can, as a single action, use an ability called Skip Between, which has the Conjuration, Divine, and Teleportation traits. The... Trent, how we say these things' names? Uh, Chakanage is sure. what I'm going with. The Chakanage sack hills move from the material plane to the ethereal plane or vice versa Ooh. with the effects of an ethereal jaunt spell, except the effect has an unlimited duration and can be dismissed. A summoned sack hill can't use skip between. So if they're summoned as a result of like mm. a summoning and binding pact, but so these sack hills seem to be skipping back and forth between our plane and the ethereal plane. Hmm. Okay. And it seems to have skipped in the ethereal plane and been like, they're here! And other sack hills are now foom, foom, foom. Ah. Uh, so, remember, this is the doorway that uh, Nelibet went down looking for something in Nelibet was like, nope. Yep. Okay. So, Val will relay, they can go to the ethereal plane. They're coming in and out. Probably bringing more. Um, and then her uh, stratagem is, is a role that she will accept. So... Mm-hmm. Um, that's a 42 to hit this one, and she wants to pull up the dagger and bullet split to hit the other one. So is it an attack roll against each, or one attack roll applied against each? It is uh, two attack rolls. Okay. So the the 42 will be for this one. Okay. And then the other one will get its own. Okay. So 42 cool. will hit the first one, and then what's your attack roll on the second one? Attack roll on the second. Oh, probably not as good. And um, you'll gain your bonus damage on the first one, but not on the second. Right. And, 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 sorry. 29 to hit the second one. Ah, uh, that's a miss. Okay. So the second one misses, but the first one hits? Yep. Okay. So roll damage for me. What um, do you got? It's 45 points of damage on the first one. Okay. Great. And uh, how many actions is that to bullet split? Um, It's two, I believe. Okay. So or no, it's... Sorry, wrong one. Um, it's one action. Okay. Yeah, so then I have another action. Yep. Um, I'm just going to move more into the room, up closer to uh, east Watson. And I'm going. The table and towards Watson. So north and east. Yep. To the north of the table near Watson, who's coming from the back. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Okay. It's now something else's turn. This is Yikes. 
a stat block I tried to do a lot of prep for. Um, great. But I'm not I'm not honestly great at it, so you're going to have to bear with me. I'm just going to close the door. <sighs> yeah, yeah, we should just leave. Isn't there, like, one spell that can prevent things from dimension dooring? I haven't. Yes! Oh. But that's dimension door. Uh, now, it's, it's plain, teleportation spells. It's plane shift. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these have the teleportation trick. Okay, so, Fox. <laughs> I just punched my mic over. <laughs> through one of these solid crypt doors to the south of you, a Great. creature f- seems to walk through the crypt door. Well, walk is the wrong word, but come through the crypt door as if it were a curtain. This medium-sized mass of just human limbs like, you ever see those hydraulic press videos where they put a bunch yep. of like crayons in it? Imagine if the stuff that came out of a hydraulic press video was just human body parts that are all Ew. pushed together into, like, this just ball of tangled pieces, limbs, heads, faces, mouth, and feet. And it rolls itself almost a sphere of human parts through the door to immediately south of you, Fox. Great. This has a Cronenberg written all over it. It's very, very (laughs) body-boarded. So it rolls up to you like that, and one of the many fists from its body just slams into you. It sees me too. You know what? Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, You know what? I'll give you this this as well, Jane. Most Sack Hills have true seeing. Yeah, I figured. Ah. Yeah, you, you do the best that you can. I just wanted to put it out there just in case you had forgotten. Let me double check that this one has... Yes, true seeing. So you're fine. Okay. So this one comes in. I don't have any good art, but just imagine, you know, a bunch of body parts all shoved together. Uh, Gross. Yeah. And so it rolls out, and one of its many fists just flails at you. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Critical. Oh, um... It's a, a one. Wow, this is uh, this is awkward. It's a one, isn't it? That's much better. Okay, so I fetched my Paizo Critical Fumble deck because I left that in the other room. Super professional operation here today, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, roll a d6 for me. For the Fox. record, James wore a jacket today. He yeah, did come it's true. It. it is very professional. I show, I, I, Dapper I, I, AF. Two. Okay, two. Second card from the top. This is a melee attack. Fumble, bad grip. You take a minus two penalty to attack rolls with this weapon until the end of your next turn. So uh, it only has the weapon. It's weird fists. Great. Uh, and so something about that is going to be a minus two on follow-up attacks. It does have one action left. Sounds and you know ideal. what it was going to do? It was going to smack at you again. It's certainly not going to cast a spell. Ugh. All right. Um, so it'll try to hit you with its fist again at an additional minus two. Okay, that's a lot better. Um, you guys are level 18, right? Correct. Ah, so I don't get a card on this. Natural 20. Oh, oh. man. Oh. Liar. Well, let's check with all the, you know, with all the stuff and all the penalties. How do we feel about a 58 to hit? Mm, it's actually yeah, a miss. That's a yeah. <laughs> Not even close. So really. funny. We're level 18. Don't know if you know. Yeah. What level are you? Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's going to do some damage to you. Let me grab a couple of dice over here. This is going to be a fun time, everyone. Very excited. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. <laughs> okay. So it hits and deals. Holy shit. It's going to be 24 points of bludgeoning damage. Got it. Uh, and then 10 points of evil damage. You are good aligned, right? Uh, Yeah. Okay. I think so. So... You got that in there? How many? Ten? Yep. Okay. Ten points of evil. (sighs) Okay. And now, as its fist hits you, you start to feel confined, pressed in on, and it's unnerving. You feel like maybe you can't move. Maybe you can't breathe. I need you to give me a will save. (sighs) <sighs> this has emotion, uh, mental, also has incapacitation. Great. Ooh. Trent, do me a favor. Will you look up incapacitation? I can't remember if it has to be higher level or at the same level. It's a good roll. Yeah. Kay. Talk to me about your, your role here. If I was good at math, 
it would be faster. You know what? I got something for you. Well, that's a success. Okay, get it. Now, yeah, that, it do, you, is. do you have the like not iron will, whatever it's yeah, called, yeah, to upgrade I do. your crit? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so then we don't need to worry about the incapacitation effect right now. But you feel like if you'd failed, something bad would have happened. Was, Trent, is it incapacitated? Is it higher level then, or as high as okay. level? Okay. There's this part that I didn't know was part of this. Sure. If a spell has the incapacitation trait, any creature of more than twice the spell's level Mm -hmm. treats the result of their check to prevent being incapacitated by the spell as one degree of success better. Yeah. Um, That's for spells. Or the result of any check the spellcaster made to incapacitate them as one degree of success worse. Yep. If any other effect has the incapacitation trait, a creature of higher level than the item creature or hazard generating the effect gains the same benefits. Okay, so you would not gain the benefit from this because it is the same level as you. Okay. Um, So normally this is such a powerful ability that like it doesn't want to completely end the fight for you, but it's saying that this is is a dangerous enough threat that even if you roll a failure, it's a failure. So you managed to push back against this this claustrophobic fear that's seeping into the back of your head. And that's the end of its turn. Look for resolve. That's the that's the one you'd have for, Perfect. for Will. To this day, I still always want to call it Iron Will I for know. absolutely no reason. Okay. Uh, then the little orange miniature Shackhal is going to pop into existence slightly to the north oh, of yikes. the unpainted one. It's just also Eight. the writing desk. Whose idea was it to go this way? <laughs> I think it was mine, but still. All of us were like, no, it's so lame. Yeah. It's fine. I just wanted to go home. Five <laughs> oh. sack hills later. I might. This one <laughs> pops into existence. I think it's going to target you, Val. Oh. And it's going to do something fun. Let's, uh, uh, yeah. Let's go ahead. It's going to, actually, no, you know what? It one action to pop in. It's going to cast a spell on itself. Mm-hmm. Fireball? Uh, nope. And it does something to itself, and then it's then going to pass its turn. Mm. All right. Let me go. So, everyone just remember oh, that the no. orange miniature is a little weirder. Drosharis, it's your turn. All right. Doors open. You get to see this whole room play out. I have enough movement I've counted out to get up to the east of him. To the big one that came in through mm-hmm. the crypts. So, yes. you're going to dash down to the south, over to the west, behind Fox, showing up to help against this sort of compacted mass of bodies. And I have one Ooh. action left. Awesome. Oh, it's two actions to get there? Yep. Okay. So you boom, boom, run down. I'm guessing Bastard Sword's been out. Oh. Oh. Oh, patch one. <laughs> but we're turning in a patch from... Uh, from my buddy, uh, Trigva. Oh, thanks for the patch and helping Jason out here. Yeah. Oh. And because it was a patch. All right, what's your new roll to hit, Jason? 50. Holy Whoa. shit, that is yeah. notably much better. fucking Thank better. you, Trigva. Yeah, good yeah. use of a patch. Yeah. Do you uh, really one? The first one, one yeah, was a 16. Wow. Okay, so a 50? 50. Oh, you're not flanking, so that's just a hit. Okay. Sorry, bro. Whew. All right. I thought we you were going to say it wasn't game. a hit. Yeah. Oh, I was like, uh, well, you're not flanking, so that doesn't hit. <laughs> Sorry, like, Oh, we bro. are in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody cry. <laughs> All right. What do you got coming in? 35. Okay, and this is... Which which weapon are you using? Oh, sorry, and then I have to do the 1d6 uh, fire. It's 2d6 total fire. That's true. It is. Oh, Thank good. you. So how much was the first damage? 30 something? 35. Okay. Yeah. 35 points of slashing damage, magical, and then some other... Of- Seven fire. So it's 42 points of damage. Mm-hmm. It looks like not all of that gets through. Mm. Uh, mm. You can learn a little bit more about that if you want to do some recall knowledges on there. Um, I also will note that recall my knowledge... fourth action, I would like to recall knowledge. Uh, it's a little more n- difficult to recall knowledge down here with that sort of oppressive force on your mind. Mm. So, yeah, just thought I'd mention that. Okay. I tried to think, but it hurts. Story <laughs> of my life. Yep. <laughs> So you rush out and slash into it. Your blade sort of slips through part of it. Like maybe it's between parts of the bodies. Maybe it's just through it 
in a little bit in the same way it passed through the door out the other side, dragging some gore and viscera with it, but not as much as it should have. Gross. And finally, one final little fleshy mask pops into existence <laughs> above the no. map table in the center of the room. I think it's a coincidence that there's four masks. Ooh. Could be. Could be Scary. anything. Pops here. All right, Val, <laughs> go ahead and give me a will save as this one pops into existence, moves its empty hollow eye holes at you, concentrates, and casts a spell. Oh, it's I have no dope. idea what my will is. Am, will is, that, is it in range uh. of me? Uh, no, it's just out of range. It's a little closer to Val than it is on the map. That's right. a 44. That's a 44. So that is going to be a success. Nice. I have resolve, so it's a crit success. Nice. Okay. So nothing happens. Actually, it was a crit <laughs> success even with your just result. Nice. So you fight back the fears from this creature. At the end of turn one, Fox, it's your turn. That was a long round. I'm not afraid yeah. of you. Well, a lot of creatures showed <sighs> up. So Fox, show. you've got this weird amalgamation of bodies and limbs immediately to the south of you. West of you, 20 feet, you've got three of these flying masks and north of you 15 feet hovering above the map table in the center of the room is one more of these odd weird masks okay if i move two squares to my what to the west yeah so you're getting closer to the writing desk where those three are hovering yeah can i reach both creatures or just the no if you move there everyone is within your range perfect and you'll still have the uh the like the limmy creature the human body part creature also in range yeah. and you are you're not flanking if you're there if you want to go south a little bit, you'll flank, but then you will be out of range of one of the masks. Yeah. So you got to pick flanking on the body part creature or threatening all three of the flying masks. Let's let's flank. All right. Um, so I'm also going to go 10 feet up. Okay. So you'll kind so of fly up in the air a little bit. You'll juke down to the south just a touch to make sure you've got some action covering your buddy Drosharis. And then I'm going to throw first attack at the massive limbs. Okay. So you're flanking this big boy. Yeah, may as well take advantage of it, right? Yep. Is this a normal attack? This is a normal attack. Okay. I feel like I'm such a fanboy. I'm always like, is it a spell strike? Do we get to say spell strike? <laughs> I know, I know. We'll get there. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, 48 to hit. Uh, that's a hit. Um, Let me check the fucking AC on that. Yeah, that's a hit. So, bam, you fly up into the air, whip that pole arm back and behind you down at an angle and just slam it into this collection of body parts. I'm using my new halberd, too. Oh, the, like, major striking? Yeah, I did 43 damage. Jesus. Nice, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. So many dice. Okay. Well, um, cool. And I'll attack. And same thing. Not all of that seems to get through, right. but, you know, it does purchase on the body, so. I'll, I'll attack the mask. There's basically the southmost mask, the middle mask, and the northmost mask all along the wall we'll above the desk. We'll go southmost. Okay, so you'll whip that up into what I've cleverly decided to call Mask 2. Great, perfect. Yep. So uh, whip it into the creature behind you. 39? 39 is 100% going to be a hit. Um, slams into that one as well. Go ahead and get some damage for me. All right, damage is... Doing good. Uh, 28 on that one. Okay, and that seems to all go through. No other special damage types, just magical on that, right? Yes, I believe that's correct. All right. That's your turn. Watson. It did it, go through all of that. All of that went through. Okay. Nice. Uh, Watson is going to cast Field of Life. Okay. Which is a 20-foot burst. Should pretty well cover the entire sure. northwest portion of the map here. Okay. So not where all these enemies are right now. Ex sorry. Southwest? Southwest, yeah. Now, does this heal anyone that's alive inside of it? <laughs> It, it just says allies. It. Let me read for you. A field of positive energy fills the area, ex ex exuding warmth and rejuvenating, rejuvenating those within. Okay. Each living creature that starts its turn in the area regains 1d8 hit points. Okay. Any undead creature that starts its turn in the area takes 1d8 positive damage. Okay. I am hoping to God that these are undead. Sure. All right. So you cast the spell. Uh, that is two actions. Sure. And I believe Fox has not received a guidance, um, so we're going to throw a guidance over at Fox. Okay. Thanks. That's your turn. All right. Uh, it is It is now the unpainted miniature mask's turn. Um, 
And at the beginning of its turn, how much does it heal, Trent? Uh, 1d8. All right, it heals two points of damage. Fair enough. Okay, now that it's healed that, it's going to use some of its cool stuff, which I feel like I should be better about what it has. I really wish it had more ranged cool stuff, but it's pretty lame. <clears throat> uses fly home to mama. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it might as well just keep chucking this at people. Uh, it's going to go ahead and... Oh, it's not going to fucking cast a spell. Uh, it's, gonna take a, it's going to step forward five feet with its flight to get adjacent to Fox. And it is then going to strike at you with its teeny little leg. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, little, it's a little chitinous mask leg. And that will be... Um... Thirty-six to hit. Miss. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you love to see it. Thirty-five to hit. Miss. Yeah, that's its fucking turn. Okay, the next one down though, the one to the south of that one is going to heal a D eight points of damage. It's going to heal four points of damage, and go to that much. It will then also flutter, take a five foot step towards Fox up in the air, and let's hope I can roll better on this one. Um, okay, hear me out. 39 to hit. Miss. God fucking damn it. Let's Yay. go. And that's going to be a miss too. That's its turn. Valentine, it's your turn. It's my turn. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to roll a stratagem against the mask on the table in front of me. Okay. Um, Not going to take that. So let's see. What are you doing? I think this guy is in range of me. So are you oh, running? Uh, no, I'm just trying to shoot from over there. Yeah. So I'm going to try to shoot at the other one. The mask above the table? Or no, the mask uh, over near the west wall of the writing desk? Yes, that one. The one that hasn't moved away to attack Fox yet? The strange Indeed. I think one. that's the only one that I can hit from where I'm standing. Okay. Um. So I, I will... all in range, but that one definitely is. Hmm. Yeah. He did something weird. I don't like him. I'm going to shoot him. Okay. So I did say they did something weird. So now we have some stuff to do. Oh, God. So as you're going to attempt a hostile action against it, I need you to make a will save. Okay. Mm. And do you have that thing that makes it better if you succeed? Yes. Resolve. Okay. So what's your will save here? It's because as you look so at it closely numbers. enough to attack it, it looks so terrifying, so fearful that it almost is distracting you from what you're doing. 35. You are able, though, to maintain your focus and not receive any negative penalties. You're also immune to the spell for a turn. Nice. Um, okay, so then I am going to shoot at this thing. Yep. Jesus. Ooh, that was really close to an 18. <laughs> it was really close to an 18, but it was, in fact, not an 18. Um, instead, it is a 36. Uh, 36 is going to be a hit still. Nice. Now you don't. You only get your normal damage. Yeah, Boo. not a strategic strike, which sucks. Uh, but still, twenty-four points of damage on that guy. Okay, and that's uh, that's number three. Twenty-four points of damage. Uh huh. Um. So let's see. What did I do? I did a stratagem. I did that. You did a stratagem. You shot. Oh, you would have had to reload because you shot your gun last time. Right. You split about. So that's probably your yep. turn. Yep. Reload. That's stratagem. It. Shoot. Yep. Now it's the giant collection of body parts turn. I really like this. This one's a fun one for me. Um, there's a little bit of a clue to it earlier, but all of you were too busy hating an NPC. Wait, when was there a, a mention of it earlier? You were all too busy hating an NPC to pay attention to it. We're hating on Nelibit? Pay attention Possibly. to what? The giant fleshy thing over here. The giant collection of body parts. All right. Earlier in this episode or a different one? Oh, many episodes ago. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Maybe that makes it less fun. So here's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, this is gonna be good. It's just gonna start attacking all of you. I think it's gonna throw a hit at you, Drosharis. Wait, is this the big guy? Yeah. All Does the he limbs take and damage at the beginning of his turn? Oh, no, that's right. He heals. Okay. Uh, D8. Power. Three points. Well, now I know I can, uh, not sustain that one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a free action, Trent. Yeah. It heals. is. You see, it's, you see the mini fleshy parts of its body beginning to stitch back together. 
Watson, this is the second time you've healed the enemy at least. Uh, I'm t- yeah. trying to focus. Stop talking to me. Val's going to be like, stop healing all the enemies. Hey, Trent had this whole thing about how he heals anyone That's who's true. hurt. Yeah, right. That's his character. These are Not evil the extraplanar monsters. It looked like it was in pain. <laughs> all right. So it's getting a minus two, I believe, until the, was it the end of its next turn? Or just the end of, of that turn? Uh, end of your next turn. So it'll have a minus two on all of its attacks this turn. Sweet. So nice job getting a one out of that. So it's coming for you, Drosharis. One of its limbs just whips out at you. Oh, fuck. Okay, even with a minus two. Oh, God. Um... Okay, so that's, ooh, yep, uh, 50, 52 to hit. Crit. No Fuck, that's way. A crit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well. Dang. We got some big damage here. That was a really, that was a really good roll on its first attack. So I'm, I'm not super surprised by that. So that's going to be. Oh God. So first comes the bludgeoning damage. Okay. That's going to be sixty-two points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. What's your alignment? Chaotic neutral. Fuck, so the evil damage doesn't hurt you. (laughs) (laughs) How many damage did you say? Uh, 62 points of bludgeoning damage. Yeah, when you asked him earlier, like, are you a good character? I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you got that going for you, but now I need you to roll a will save. Okay. This is a a mental incapacitation and emotion. It's also enchantment and divine, Uh, but you are the same level. You're not higher level than this effect, so your result will be your result. Fail. Fail. Yeah, I mean, I rolled a two. Dang. You know, you begin to feel pressing in around you a stronger and stronger force. Almost like dirt pushing down in on your chest. Your arms in tight to your body, your legs together. And exactly what happens, we're going to talk about it in the next episode. Oh, no. It's a ground boat. Yeah. The Live to Die podcast is a production of Live to Die Gaming. Follow us on social media at Live to Die Pod. Leave a review and tune in next week for more. If you like the amazing background audio and music, all that credit goes to Sirenscape. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com.